Good morning, Top Fan Rivalry followers on a Thursday. Uh, obviously, Bill back here. I got a new guest, a team that we've talked about a little bit, but new guest to the to the podcast. Benjamin, how are you doing on a Thursday morning, my friend? I am doing well. Uh, my Phillies aren't doing much, but I am doing good because the Eagles are in the playoffs, um, which <laughs> might not be a great thing, but we're still there. So it's things are going good. There you go. It's January football, right? So Something. Exactly. So you just mentioned you're a Phillies fan. How did that start? Um, I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. Uh, my dad grew up um, just up, like across the street from the city, like the borders literally across the street from where he lived. Um, so I was just grew up with it. Um, I've always been a Phillies fan and things really I really my big love for baseball really didn't start with the Phillies. It was more the story of the 2016 Chicago Cubs that got me into baseball and just the story and the history of baseball. Of course, I was always a Phillies fan, but I never really got into it until that 2016 Cubs run, which then got me into all the sports. And now I've come here 16 years old with a, whole Philly sports page, which I know we'll get to in a little bit. Um, just in love with sports and Phillies baseball. Nice. So you you mentioned when your fandom started. Talk to me a little bit about favorite players, right? You got to have a few of them. Um, who's your current favorite player, I guess, and who's your favorite player of all time? Now, let me caveat this by saying they don't have to be Phillies, but you got plenty to choose from. Yeah, I mean – Outside of the Phillies, I guess my favorite player right now, I mean, it's I think it's everybody's, but it's Shohei Otani. I think God, I just you've never seen a guy who is doing what he is doing at the pace of what he's doing it. I mean, I think he's he did it better than Babe Ruth. He's a better pitcher than Babe Ruth. Um, of course, the hitting is relatively similar, but I mean, I mean, Ruth, it's just so many home runs, but. I think Otani has the chance to overthrow Babe Ruth in a couple of years if he can continue up this pace. And who knows what he's going to do this year offensively. He's not even focusing on pitching because he can't pitch. So it's all gonna, So that'll be something to watch. Um, but my favorite player ever, it's also my favorite Philly ever, and it's Ryan Howard. Um, I was at Ryan Howard's final game with the Phillies in 2016, um, and I was a Really incredible experience to be at that game. It was really, very emotional. And when I was getting into the Phillies, it was kind of during Howard's decline um, ever since his Achilles injury, but he started to become a below-average hitter, um, which was unheard of with him when I started getting into baseball. Um, but my all-time favorite player is just him because I've he was the player I from the glory days of 08 and – 09 and 10 and 11 he was the only one that was really still around when i was getting into baseball um that was still with the phillies so i just fell in love with ryan howard and his history with the phillies and i guess my favorite philly right now is i mean it's hard to go against bryce harper uh he's just bryce harper i was at the yeah. game where he hit the game winning home run over the padres in game five and it's a day it's a moment i'll never forget so yeah i guess it can go Harper for my favorite Philly right now, but I'm, it's just Otani is just unbelievable. So I'm a Dodger fan, grew up born and bred a Dodger fan. And when you went mentioned Ryan, Ryan Howard, 
like I had chills because I love to watch this guy when he wasn't playing the Dodgers, but he killed the he killed the Dodgers in the playoffs. He killed every time he came to LA, every time the Dodgers went to Philly, he's like, all right, let me show this team how it rolls. And he's, he's insane. It's it. I mean, I was sad to see his career get cut short with injuries because he was a special player and he could hit. Oh, could he hit? I mean, so. the, his peak is up there with lots of other peaks of great hitters. Like, if he continued that peak, he is genuinely one of the best power hitters in baseball history. But it's just with that Achilles tear in 2011, it's just everything got cut short. And it's really a shame because you see players like that all the time. And, I mean, Ryan Howard's really the prime example of it. It sucks, yeah. but I mean his his prime was just oh my goodness he was good. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree, um, and I like those two favorite players. Honestly, it's it's hard not to go against Bryce, but your shortstop isn't that bad either. I mean, yeah, Trey Turner's pretty good. I was at the game where the standing ovation originally started, um, yeah. not where he hit because he hit the home run where everybody talks about that the day after, but the first standing ovation. Uh, Friday, August fourth, against the Royals. I was at that game in left field, so that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty cool to be at. But I mean, Trey Turner. It's just like the thing with Bryce Harper is how much he's adapted to Philadelphia. Like it's just his post game press conferences at this point have become like cringe of how much he just pray, just how he praises the city and the fans. But there's. A lot of players avoid Philadelphia. You just saw it with the Flyers player on Monday night, Cutter Gauthier. He's just getting out of Philadelphia, which is ridiculous. But this is a baseball podcast, so we'll stick with that. Um, Harper's just embracing it. And he's changing how – he's just changing the like the look upon Philadelphia fans, which is a, play, a thing that not many players can do. And Harper doing it for the contract he signed, it's 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 just it's amazing. So I have to tell you, uh, one of our mutual friends asked me when I was out there last year, why do you think the Phillies get such a bad rap? And I, I'll tell you, I was at the game. I was at two games, back-to-back -back nights. And your fan base is a fan base, but they're not mean. I don't know where people get this idea that Philly fans are just over the top because they're not. You guys are great. Right, listen, <clears throat> I was introduced around by a couple of our buddies. Hey, this is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. He's a Dodger fan. And nobody gave me crap. Nobody said anything to me. They well, were great. I, I think part of the thing with that is, is I mean, up until this year, when it'll probably start, we don't have a crazy rivalry with Dodgers. Um, no. So that's part of the thing. Like if you said, yeah, this guy's a Mets fan. It gets a little, you know, it won't get scrappy, but, you know, some some not great things might be said back and forth. But I, it's just, I think it all, it's just the narrative of Philadelphia fans. We threw snowballs at Santa 400 years ago. We booed Donovan McNabb when he was drafted. You know, all that stuff. You know, it's, I mean, from when I've been around Philadelphia sports, the teams have been fairly successful. Um, the Sixers have made the playoffs every year since I, since 2017, I think. Just haven't been able to get out of the second round. The Eagles have won a Super Bowl and are going to the playoffs for the third straight year. The Flyers have been, 
you know, the Flyers, they haven't been great. And the Phillies have had two incredible runs the last two years, which has been amazing to be a part of. So, I mean, yeah, it's yep. it, the fans are at a high now because the teams are good. But when the teams were bad back in, you know, 70s, 80s, it gets rough. But yeah. right now yeah, the fans, yeah. the fans are happy because the, the teams are good. So, yeah. I'll, I'll share with you offline one of my favorite one of my favorite moments with the Phillies and it had to do with the Phillies and Dodgers and I played baseball growing up and I played baseball in high school and some in college and so there's the game and then there's the game inside the game and um, there was a game inside the game moment um, years ago that I'll I'll share with you offline that made me respect one player in the Phillies organization so I love it. We could talk about that all day, but tell me, where have you been? What ballparks have you you visited? So I've only been to three. I've been to okay. Citizens Bank Park. I went to at the time it was Marlins Park, and this past year I visited Yankee Stadium. Okay. So I um, I mean I love baseball, but really it's hard. We don't really go other places to watch baseball because we really we only watch the Phillies. Um, so we um. We go to Citizens Bank Park a lot throughout the season. Uh, we go to double-digit games almost every year, and we don't have season tickets. We just go. Um, so I'm, we go. We've been to a bunch of playoff games the last two seasons. Um, and I'm sure you'll ask me about that in a little bit, so we can go a little more into those experiences. Um, but I mean, I, I've only been to a couple, of course. We're hoping to go to more. The Phillies are at Camden Yards this year, and Baltimore isn't too far, so we might be in Baltimore this year. Um, so I've only been to three, but hoping in the future to cross more off the list. Okay, so let, let me change the question up on you. Let's say you have the month of July off. Money's not an object. You're all good. You can go to five major league ballparks, Right. Um, you know, with family, where are you going to go? I mean, the obvious two are Fenway and Wrigley. Um, the okay. two granddaddies of baseball, just so historic. It, you know, it's Fenway and Wrigley. Um, I also would love to go to PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Just from what I've heard about it and just the visuals, it just looks incredible. And the same with Petco. Petco Park in San Diego also looks like a great ballpark. And, you know, I, I, I hate the Padres, but I would love to visit that stadium. And a fifth, I think I'd have, I I I would love to go to Camden Yards as well. Um, so that could be my fifth. Another thing with the great ballpark and the visuals. And I'm kind of like if I had to pick a second favorite team, which I don't believe in, um, uh, but I would probably pick the Baltimore Orioles, uh, just because they have the best logo in baseball. Um, so. Those are my five: Wrigley, Fenway, Petco, PNC, and Camden Yards. Do you know the the four oldest ballparks in Major League Baseball? Fenway, Wrigley, and then is it Dodger Stadium? And forget, I don't remember what the Angels Stadium's name is, but is it yeah, those four? And I'm Stadium. Yeah, you're absolutely okay. right. Um, where I live, on a good day with relative traffic, I can get to Anaheim Stadium in about twenty minutes. I can get to Petco in about an hour and 10. I get Dodger Stadium in about an hour and 10. So it's... You live it, in baseball, like, it's a good triangle right there. Lots yeah. of baseball, it's good. It, I'm trying to get some of our, our uh, mutual friends to come down. 
when the Philly, I think the Phillies play the Angels in Anaheim this year. Yep. And I'm trying to get them. I think they play the Angels and then they play the Padres. I'm trying to get them to do what I call the I-5. So take them to Dodger Stadium, then hit, a, that won't be Phillies, but then hit a game um, when they play the Angels and then hit a game when they play the Padres and just call it a day. I mean, works out well that way. That'd be well pretty, that cool. That'd be yeah, pretty awesome. Well, that way. Okay, outside of Citizens Bank uh, ballpark, what's your favorite ballpark that you've been to out of the two? Um, well, I hated Marlins Park, so that Did leaves Yank that leaves Yankee State. I was also in Marlins Park where the walls were bright green, and it was just an ugly stadium. And I, th- I the new colors kind of changed it up, but I let this. They took out the statue and everything that they had going on at that interesting ballpark. Which kind of deleted the character phase out of it, which I liked. And now it's just a bland, boring stadium instead of just being a bad stadium. So it is what it is. But I actually like Yankee Stadium. Not a lot of people love Yankee Stadium. Um, but I, I liked it. It's you know, it's it's Yankee Stadium. The food options there are unbelievable. they have everything in that stadium. Uh, we went. They have a whole museum in their stadium, which we went up to, which was imp- it, which was very impressive. The only problem I have with it, which I think this should be a thing in every ballpark, wherever you walk in the stadium, you should be able to watch the game. They have that at Citizens Bank Park, where if you walk the concourse, you can always watch the game, and when you can't, there's TVs. Mm-hmm. Where at Yankee Stadium, for walking the outfield, it's a wall because of the bleachers. And I right. don't like it. So yeah. that that's like my only complaint of Yankee Stadium, other than it being a super ultra corporate stadium, um, which it is what it is. It's the Yankees, but <laughs> I, I like Yankee Stadium. Nice, nice. I've been to that stadium as well, and I like it. It's it's different um, than the old Yankee Stadium, but it's very much you know they they kept some of the nostalgia, but it like you said, it's corporate because it's got to be. They spend mm-hmm. so much money building it. It's got to be. So, yep. yep. Okay. So, so final question before I ask you about um, your, your page, um, talk to me about the 2024 Phillies. Tell me about, you know, what you think their outlook is going to look like. How do you, you know, they haven't done much in the off season. Does that feel good? Is that a concern? You know, talk to me. So the offseason, lots of Phillies fans are freaking out. They haven't done anything. There's not a whole lot they can do with this roster. The lineup is set, and it's not changing for a while um, until Schwarber's contract is up, I think, next season. Um, the the starting p- pitching is is going to be one of the best in the MLB. Resigning Aaron Nola was a must, and it was a little expensive, but it was cheaper than what he was going to do with other teams. So right. it's good for the Phillies. It's a good deal. Um, but the thing with just like outside, like with the free agents, and I've I've met John Middleton, so I'm not I try. He's a, genuinely a good dude. Um, so I'm not trying to totally be biased with him, but. I you gotta trust front the front management. You've seen what they've done the last two years with the pieces they put together, and it it has all came together and worked. Um, the only things that didn't work last year was just the offense falling apart, the pitching which they all built together. Other than some managerial things, which I'm not going to get into right now because we'll talk about next season, 
is what ultimately led them to losing to the Diamondbacks last season. 2022, they just ran out of pixie dust. It is what it is. So, I mean, I would the Phillies still could use another another bullpen arm. Like every team can. Um, I don't know outside of Josh Hader, there's not much. Uh, but it's they they just need to get somebody that can be somewhat consistent and good. And then I would love another outfield, like a right-handed outfielder um, that can. That's more of a defensive guy that can come in if necessary, um, or like a utility t- sort of player. But I'm not totally, you know, I'm not totally betting on the Phillies signing anybody for the rest of the offseason. Because this team is set. This is the team. I mean, the lineup is the lineup, and it's good when everybody's hitting. The starting rotation, as I said, is going to be very good, and the bullpen is going to be the bullpen. Without Craig Kimbrell, this bullpen is better, and Kimbrell, who's got a huge deal with the Orioles, and, yeah. and there's young guys in this bullpen, like Orion Kirkring, who's going to get better. And he was great up until that Diamondback series, and I think it was game four where he went off, game three where he went off the rails. Um, then they brought Kimbrell in, and he ultimately lost the game. But Kim, Kimbrell's going to get better. Um, and a lot of these bullpen guys are going to be good. They're going to get a full season of a good Jeff Hoffman, which you didn't get last year because he didn't really start pitching until middle of the season and right. you didn't go to him a lot. And, you know, Rob Thompson's going to be Rob Thompson. You're not going to love all of his moves. And it's just going to be, it's going to, if the Phillies can, this is the main thing. If the Phillies can get off to a good start this season, and they can clinch at least the four seed and have a chance at the NL East crown with the Braves. That's the goal. If they can start out hot, this team can be competitive in the division. If they don't, and it's the same story that it's been for you know the last 140 years, and it's going to be a slow start, you're looking at another wild card spot, which I think I'd rather that than a week off um, winning the division because we've seen what that does to teams. Mm. It's obvious, which is yeah. why I partially I don't agree with how the playoffs are set up, but it is what it is. It is what it is. So, <clears throat> so one of the things that I I've noticed, and this is where the Phillies are going to struggle too. Dodgers are going to struggle here. Phillies struggle here. Mets struggle here. Um, so do the Yankees. Like you're, a lot of your big market teams struggle here. Um, there is one statistic that beat you guys in the playoffs. Game six and game seven. Four stolen bases for Arizona, one for Philly, game six. Four stolen bases for Arizona, none for Philly, game seven. With the pitch clock and the changes that the game has made, it's a lot more about get them on, get them over, get them in, than it is about hitting the five-run home run. And the Dodgers rely on that five-run home run. The Yankees do, and sometimes the Phillies do. And you, you, you kind of you watch that in Game Six and Seven. And I just, I thought to myself, if the Phillies don't use the speed of Trey Turner and use some of the speed of of other guys, there's no way they're going to pull these games off. And that's, in essence, what happened. That's ultimately what it came down to: is the Phillies were, you know, killing the ball from games 
from game three in the NLDS to game two in the NLCS, it was just this incredible runs after runs, home run, like just insane moments. And that everyone knew that wasn't going to be the story for the rest of the postseason. And the Phillies just relied on the long ball too much, which has them ended up as losing game seven of the NLCS to the 84 win. Arizona Diamondbacks, which I still can't get my head around, but it is what it is. Um, not nothing you can do about it. But that's the thing: the Phillies are very reliant on the long ball. When you have a lineup that contains Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, uh, who else? Alec Bohm hits home runs. I mean, it's it's a very heavy powered lineup, and yeah. it, when these guys aren't hitting home runs, outside of Harper, they're not doing a whole lot. So that's what the Phillies need to adapt to is a whole wide rounded lineup where everybody needs to be producing, which you didn't get at the end down of the stretch of the postseason last year. Well, I mean, look at look at Kyle, right? He had like 112 home runs last season and 113 hits, right? So all but one of his hits was a home. I mean, that's but that's his MO. That's just the way he was in Boston. That's the way he was in Chicago. Like that's his MO. Or Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, he's still going to be the best Phillies leadoff option, which people hate, but I love having Kyle Schwarber at that leadoff spot uh, just because there's nothing more valuable than a leadoff home run and an early lead, especially in the postseason. Um, Mm -hmm. And Schwarber can do that for you. Um, He's going to hit 40 something home runs every year. He might not, he's going to hit. Probably under 230, but he's going to deliver that long ball. And yep. who knows where the Phillies are last year if Schwarber isn't hitting 180 and hits 210. They get a lot more early, they get a lot more early runs, a lot more just productiveness. And that's one flaw with Schwarber, but it's 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 Kyle Schwarber. You know what you're getting from him. Well, it and here's the Here's the thing. This is the argument that I have with a lot of teams when they have big guys like Schwarber or Judge on their team or Stanton. Stanton's struggling at the plate right now. But you know at any given time you make the wrong pitch, it's a souvenir. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber's the same way. And so you know you make the wrong pitch, it's a souvenir. And There's so- a lot of guys in this Phillies lineup that's like that. You have going the top three Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper – you make a bad pitch, your team's losing early. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's no, deadly. It's... I mean, not as deadly as your lineup, which is ridiculous, and not many teams are going to contend with that. But in the East, it's it's good. It is what it is exactly. All right, so tell me as we wrap up because people are driving to work right now, um, and so as we wrap this thing up, tell me about a little bit. I know that you run a page. But tell me a little bit about your page. Yeah, so my page is called Philly Sports Reports. Uh, there's about right now, I think there's about eight other aspiring young writers, some in middle school, some uh, past college, just trying to get into the world of Philadelphia, of not Philadelphia sports, but sports media, uh, and they're doing that through Philly Sports Reports. Uh, I started when I was nine. I'm 16 now, and I've built this up into what it is, and it's. I've been voted as the KYW News Radio, which is a local news radio station. I've been the fan of the week um, that voted on my Philly Sports Reports page. And 
I've gotten through Philly Sports Sports. I've been able to meet uh, Philly's owner, John Middleton, and sit in his suite for a game and just lots of great opportunities uh, through PSR. So you can find us on uh, you can find us on YouTube, uh, Philly Sports Sports, Twitter, or X, whatever it's called, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Threads, and then the website, which has the articles. Um, people were very, um, people were very praising of us during the Phillies playoff run. Uh, the Eagles, hopefully, playoff run, which I doubt coming up. Um, we'll have great coverage of that too. So we're phillysportsreports.com. Uh, we also have sponsorships with SeatGeek and Foco, which you can save some money with us over there. Um, so, yeah, it's, we're Philly Sports Reports, a new era of Philly sports, and just love trying to it. get into the sports media. I love it. Well, Top Fan Robbery followers, uh, this is uh, obviously Benjamin. He does a great job. It's been a great interview. Unless he told you that he was 16, you would never know that he was 16. Um, I appreciate his knowledge. I appreciate his breakdown. Benjamin, stick around for me once we end. Um, for those of you driving to work, don't follow him when you're driving, but make sure no. that we'll stay off we'll, your phones, people. What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. Come on. So the uh, you know, but we'll tag him. Make sure that you guys know who he is. Make sure you're following him on his social medias and pay attention to what he has to say. So, Benjamin, again, hats off. Thank you so much for your time today. Stick Thank around you. for a second. Let's uh -huh. have a great day, all. Go Phils.